0: On this episode, we discuss Google bouncing all around with their smart home naming structure, Bill Gates telling a tale of missed opportunity, and we rant over some wink problems. Plus, Chris tricks SP into letting the secret out over secret NASA's exclusive contractor. This and more in this week's show. Steve John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com.
1: This is the official gunnageek.com show. Here, we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek, these are your hosts for the show, Stephen.
0: But what if I'm in the mood for a
2: T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gunna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy!
1: Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show.
0: Welcome to episode 292 of the official gunageek.com of show. I am Stephen John Drew and I am pleased to say that the wonderful Chris Farrell is here again this week. Wonderful. That's a strong word. I'll try to live up to it. We're also pleased to say both Chris and I, because I speak for him with all things in life, that Stargate Pioneer is here again.
2: Hey, guys, how's it going? In case you missed it, in case you don't know, in case you're listening just on Spreaker, we are live at www.geeks.live. We have a live chat and video available there. Once again, that's geeks.live.
0: By the way, if you didn't know this, we do stream this show live on Mondays to geeks.live like Stargate Pioneer just said. But here's the thing. If you have not been following us that closely over the last few months, we have been all over the place with our recording time. It's varied, but pleased to say that today, the day that we record this on Monday, June 24th is our last e last regular irregular set of recording schedule, meaning we will now be irregularly irregular summary of that is that we should be back to 5 45 PM Pacific time on most weeks going forward through July. That is 8 45 PM Eastern time. We should be back to our home time. After this episode, yes, we will occasionally irregularly have a week where we may not be able to do it at that time, but we'll do our best to communicate. So all of you who have been still coming by our live streams a little bit early, we do sincerely appreciate you bearing with us while we've done that. And hopefully we'll be able to grow that audience up again and have all of the SP fans come back because we know that they only come out after dark.
3: So if we're irregular, it sounds like we need a little fiber collectively so that we can go regular once again and get back on a schedule. So guys, get your fiber one bars, get your shredded mini wheats. Let's do this thing. This is for the podcast. Time to
0: fiber on up. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I actually, for an office chair, use a toilet. That's what I use. It's comfy. It's
2: not surprising. Uh, Stephen, since you're saying irregular all the time, do you happen to know the difference between a rational and an irrational number, maybe a prime and a real number, a natural number, an integer? Do you, do you know the differences between all that? Between prime
0: universe and non-prime universe? Yes, I do know
2: all about that. That's what I thought.
0: Let's go ahead and move on to our news. All right, let's talk about a piece of Google news here to kick us all off, because it's it's an odd one that I think we'll have a little bit of fun talking about, and it's the fact that apparently Google Home is keeping its name. Now, usually you'd be saying that's really weird, because like, I don't know, like Ford keeps their name, GM keeps their name, Chevy keeps their name, all of these wonderful pickup trucks that Stargate Pioneer wants, they all keep their name. By the way, there's some
2: non-descript. Pick up, okay, fair
0: enough, fair enough. Uh, but why this is interesting is because back at Google IO 2019, Google had launched a new product, they called it the Nest Hub Max. This was essentially the evolution of the Google Home Hub that had been announced previously. And the weird thing was that the Google Home Hub actually ended up being renamed when it was brought to Canada as the Nest Hub and some other places. So people were theorizing that the Google Hub line was essentially or the Google Home line was essentially becoming the Nest line there. This was further supported by the fact that on Google's online store, the Google Home speaker and the Google Home Mini occasionally were being referenced as a Nest Home and a Nest Home Mini, although they were still officially being called the Google Home. Well, it looks like it was confirmed by Android police with Google that the Google Home and the Google Home Mini are staying branded as the Google Home and the Google Home Mini. Now, the only thing that we don't know about this is, is this just for this generation and it will change afterwards or will we see them continue with this? And the reason I wanted to mention this in specific was because I feel like the whole Google Home line has never really found what it wants to do. Like, to me, I look at the Amazon uh, line, the Amazon A-word line, and I'm I'm specifically not saying Echo for a few reasons, but the Amazon A-word. And it seems very clear to me what they are wanting to do. The Google Home line seems to be all over the place. And I'm a big Google fan. I said it before. I wanted to go up the Google Home or the Google Smart Infrastructure because I'm a Google fan. But I ended up going with Amazon because of the fact that it just was far better. So I want to know, SP, Chris, do you think this adds to sort of the whole chaos surrounding all of the brands that Google has been buying up and using over the last couple of years? Do we think that this actually shows that they still don't know what to do with these different brand names?
3: They don't know how to market things. That's been the problem for ages. I don't really care whether it's named a... Google Home Hub, a Nest Home Hub, Google Assistant device. People aren't going to buy it based off the name. There is confusion potentially, which is why they start going with the Nest brand because it was longer established. There's goodwill with the Nest name, but they were better off sticking with the Google name. I'm glad they backtracked to it because I think Google is a stronger name out there than Nest at this point in time because a lot of people are cranky about the changes going into Nest. And there's a lot more competition than when Nest first came out.
0: I agree. I actually think that they were silly to have not folded the Nest name into Google. I know that Nest made its name originally, but then Google started to do their own thing. I I agree with you. I think that Google was the better way to go. And honestly, I think probably gave consumers more, um, uh, I guess, appreciation for the longevity of that product because when you think about the whole idea of smart technology, it's been no secret that many of them disappear. So when you have a Google product or an Amazon product, as is the case with SP sitting here stroking his self. Uh, petting. I mean, sorry, petting, petting his, his Amazon Echo Dot. Uh, I think that you've got a big brand name behind a smart product. It gives you that appreciation for the fact that that's probably going to be away for a while. Nest, was already bought up once. Nast is something that's been around for a while. So to somebody who's uneducated, they might just go, how long is it going to last? So I, I, I am with you, Chris. I'm glad that they actually seem to be retreating to the Google name. SP, now that you have adequately stroked your... Petted. S- petted your Amazon Echo device. By the way, I made the same joke twice just because I thought it wasn't funny the first time. So I thought I'd try it a second time. Uh, it still wasn't funny. Do, do, do you have any take on this? What do you think? Are you wishing that Amazon Echoes were constantly being renamed?
2: Google has a smart device. <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, the Amazon smart architecture is pretty good. It might not last forever, but right now it's pretty good. And I'm just going to stick with it. I know Google has been trying to catch up, but they just don't have the marketplace behind it. They don't have the store. They don't have the ability to really drive sales the way that Amazon does. So I think as long as Amazon continues to integrate as best they can with everything out there, I think they got the leg up on Google and really they have looked at renaming their stuff, right? There's the spot, there's the look, there's different ones out there and they seem to be doing fine. I think if Google had more traction with the marketplace behind it, I think it would be doing a little bit better. Now, long term, I can't say which one is really going to catch on because things change, especially in the tech sector and rapidly. I mean, we talked about the Wink Home Hub thing a little bit ago, the Smart Home Hub thing, which is different than these. The Wink is not really voice activated, it is more controlling smart devices, uh, and that is exclusively what it's supposed to do. But that like turned almost on a dime to the point where you guys were disenfranchised from it. Yeah. So same thing could happen here.
0: Yeah, And I just want to back up here a little bit because I think that it's not an entirely a fair comparison that you just made because you went and you talked about the spot and the echo line and things like that. It would be more like Amazon going and saying, we're calling this the ring dot and then going back and saying, no, 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 we're calling it the Amazon dot Echo dot, like it would be more of that, just because of the fact that um, that's more of the the direct correlation. Because with Google Nest was a thing, Nest was a thing, and then they went and they bought Nest, then they decided to start using something called Nest, and then they went back, and then same thing with Ring. Ring was a big company by itself. Amazon went and bought it, so I think that would be more of a comparison, a fair comparison.
2: Okay, that's good. So I will posture that Amazon is not going to be a fool and change a well-recognizable brand name and switch it up to their own name. I think they'd keep Ring as the name. I haven't heard any, of course, I'm not all knowledgeable, so I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but I haven't heard any indication of them trying to rename Ring or depreciating the ring products and increasing their own product. I haven't heard any of that. I think they want to keep with the brand name as it goes forward, which is probably
0: what they should have done, right? Like they probably should have just kept the nest stuff that was out there continuing as nest and not try to move it into their existing Google home line. That's that's sort of my thoughts on it.
3: The difference you run into with Google and nest is that they bought nest. It was wildly successful and then they didn't innovate for Mm. years. Like they bought them after the smoke district came out in the market. And all they really did was just put out a newer version of the Nest thermostat and then a cheaper one. And everyone's going, where's the next big Nest product? And they burned a lot of goodwill. So I think part of the thought originally when the original folding it under the Google brand name was, okay, maybe we can rehabilitate a little bit by using our market, our name rather, and get people more interested. Then it was, well, we're going to fold it out into its own thing and rebrand everything to it. They just didn't figure out what they wanted do i think they're trying to rehabilitate the nest name is what it comes to because it's just been stale you haven't seen a bunch of cool stuff rings put out cool devices they've iterated they've made cooler things they've made more efficient things whereas nest kind of said oh you want a camera here we're going to make a more expensive version of our outdoor camera that really doesn't do anything different but costs twice as much you're, you're at a stagnation point they haven't done cool stuff
0: I do want to address a comment that we've got in the chat. Uh, as we mentioned, we do this live and you can chat with us live. I, I want to make a counter to a point that previous guests of the show, regular guests, we'll call them Suncast, is making, but I'm not actually disagreeing with him. So Suncast in the chat says it sounds like Google Home users are jealous of Amazon's marketing slash cool factor with the brand recognition. I actually agree with that. But I also think that it's important to think internationally as well, because I will say that it is amazing how many people that I talk to in Canada who, when I say Amazon echo, they look with a blank stare and then I go, you know, Google homes, it's like that, but Amazon's version. And they're like, Oh, okay. I get that because Google did a good job of actually getting into the Canadian marketplace way before Amazon and honestly being a little bit more current at the very start. So they did a good job of really trying to take that. So internationally, um, I think that there there could be a factor with that as well. And maybe that was why they started to do the nest at first, because they thought maybe that was going to solve some problems. Who knows? It's all theory. But I totally know what Suncast is saying, because, you know, I know in the States, it's complete opposite. And and honestly, in my opinion, when you compare apples to apples, it should be opposite. Amazon is way ahead of Google, in my opinion.
3: But they're not really. When you get into what these devices do, they're pretty equivalent nowadays. Google caught up in technical capability. Does that mean they caught up in market share? Not necessarily, but I live in a house with both. It's an ongoing experiment I have. Pretty much any place in the house where there's an Amazon device, there's a Google device right next to it. And I use them interchangeably. And a big thing is, depends on what ecosystem you're into. Like music, I'm in Google heavily. So I do a lot of music playing there. But when it comes to smart home function and stuff like that, they all do the same thing. I haven't had any major differences there. And I will continue to say what I have seen is that the Google Assistant is smarter at answering questions and understanding what I ask because they've got the Google algorithm on the back end. Now, Amazon Voice Service is getting better, getting to the point where you can do follow up, where you don't have to keep saying the trigger word. You can have ongoing conversation with it. But where we are now is they both keep refining and do the simple things to make life easier. Like The best thing that Google has done lately is on a timer. I don't have to say, hey, G word, stop. It just starts going off, and I say, stop. Everybody right. It knows to stop. You don't have to trigger it. So this is the big differentiator now. Everything is roughly equivalent. It's these quality-of-life things they need to play with so that they can get people hooked and on board. Google is caught up, though, when it comes to hooking into your, your network and all of your devices and home automation stuff.
0: They're still, in my opinion, not as fluid with the, the actual true smart home and the way you give it commands. Like I think that... Amazon is still more forgiving in my experience from like you can really easily confuse the Google Assistant uh, um, by saying like turn off a bulb when it's a switch. Amazon will pretty much react if you say turn off the den uh, farts, you know, like something like that. It'll still, it'll still probably react properly. Like it, you See, can be really had, insane with Amazon.
3: I've kind of had the opposite experience because I have a light in my living room that I call the tall lamp. And if I call it the tall light by accident, Amazon won't recognize it, but Google will. That's bizarre. Just because my naming has been consistent. It's really weird. And maybe it's just how things are set up differently. You're on smart things now. I'm still running Wink as I transition over. I don't know what it is. And it's just weird little things like that. You start to see, oh, this isn't quite working, right? That's weird. And they they behave a little differently.
0: That's odd. I I would have to firmly disagree, but that's interesting that we have different experiences. So... If you have had experience with either of these, let us know what has been the better for you. Because if you can convince me to go to Google, I would, I would love to dump all my Amazon stuff.
2: I really, I really would. So, I just to go down. I haven't had a chance to talk in a while. So, just to go down some of the points. First of all, oh sorry, Chris, brought Chris,
0: up Chris we SP is joining us. Hey, thanks, welcome back, SP.
2: <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. Uh-huh, okay. I wanted to swear and say something (laughs) bad, but I won't make you edit the podcast. Okay, So first of all, Chris brought up the question things, and I encounter this all the time. I will ask the A word a question, and it will say, I'm sorry, I I don't know that or whatever. And then I just say some snide comment back, hoping it will (laughs) get back to the developers. So I, I would agree with Chris. I have not had the chance to use the Google infrastructure. So I don't, I can't compare them. I, all I can go off of is people like Chris that have used it, but just to say I have had that issue with it, but again, with the marketplace behind Amazon, I think they can comp- overcompensate, compensate for it, whatever. The other thing is the command issues that Chris was bringing up with the tall lamp. I have a similar issue. And oddly enough, it's with lamps in the bedroom. If, I call it one thing, it will go ahead and work most of the time. If I try to call it another thing, it won't work at all. And there is some lamp light issues back and forth between the two if I forget what I've named it, but largely it's confused. As a matter of fact, I had to disconnect one of the lamps in the room because it would never remember the name of it, because there was a differing name in convention. If I would go in to the Samsung app, I- Works fine every time, but the vocal, the voice commands, it's an issue there. And then also, as Chris was saying, where the timer would come and he would just say stop and it would stop. I was thinking about this the other day, and maybe we discussed this a year or so ago, but it would be really nice to have that Star Trek The Next Generation style computer that would just activate when you'd want it to activate and not activate when you didn't want it to activate. And I don't know how it would differentiate. It's like the comm badges like sometimes they'd work if you tap them sometimes they work if you didn't tap them and they would work and i would like for that to happen i tend to think that was just an oversight on the production team of star trek next generation but when you come down to it it could do a time delay like it would recognize that you're trying to talk to somebody and it would patch that in on a delay. And then you just get a response back in a delay, but it would still work. I don't know, you know, stuff like that. The command structure would be good. And the last thing Chris brought up originally the branding to get you guys down this path. And maybe I I need clarification on that. I, I won't say you're wrong, Chris, but Google was trying to increase the Nest brand by naming the Nest stuff Nest instead of Google. But then it's going to go back to Google branding they've, for the name. They've gone
3: back and forth depending on what the brand is perceived to be stronger at the time.
2: Yeah, I just, I, I disagree with that. I mean, I think you should call it one or the other. It's I mean, what they
3: have I, done. I, That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, it's, to, Toyota is a good example. So Toyota created a new sub brand called Scion. And then eventually they learned that people didn't want Scion's, they wanted. <laughs> Toyota. So they went back to the Toyota brand and they discontinued a lot of the brands, but some of the cars they brought over. So I do not it's a weak comparison, but I'll just throw it out there that, uh, yeah, I disagree. If I'm a consumer, I don't want my stuff being called Nest one year and Google the next. Which,
0: by the way, uh, Toyota, do they do they make any trucks? SP?
2: I'm sure they do, but yes, you know,
0: uh, you know what, now that I've asked that question to you, expecting you to set it up, they do make a Tacoma and a Tundra, which I just thought we would go ahead and mention right now, because, you know, we, we don't exclude here because SP wants any truck. Uh,
2: moving on to the
0: next news point here.
2: Honestly, i take either.
0: Speaking of weird tech decisions, Chris Farrell, you've got one that was an admission by a former tech giant.
3: I mean, I would argue he is still a tech giant, but we are talking about one, Bill Gates, you know, one of the founders of Microsoft. I will fully admit here and now that a young Chris Farrell in middle school found Bill Gates fascinating. I was the strange kid in middle school, and I had to double check the title on this, who picked up and bought Bill Gates' book, The Road Ahead, and read it because it seemed interesting to me. had a CD in the back of the book with the entire book on it as well. And yes, I probably still have that CD floating around somewhere with the digital version of Bill Gates book, but I did read it. I find him to be a fascinating person. Skip forward 20 some odd years later to a Chris approaching middle age, middle thirties rather. And I still find him fascinating. And he has been making the rounds doing some interviews. He did an interview at village global, which is a venture capitalist firm where he revealed what he thought his greatest mistake ever was. And what was it? It was missing the opportunity to get involved and beat Android. He said, in the software world, particularly for platforms, there are winner-take-all markets. The Greatest mistake ever is whatever mismanagement I engaged in that caused Microsoft not to be what Android is. That is, Android is the standard non-Apple phone platform. That was a natural thing for Microsoft to win. It really is winner-take-all. If you're there with half as many apps or 90% as many apps, you're on your way to complete doom. There's room for exactly one non-Apple operating system. And what's that worth? $400 billion that would be transferred from company G to company M. So yes, he kind of admits that Microsoft dropped the ball when it comes to the smartphone race, specifically the OS side of the house. It's kind of surprising because, you know, many people would have assumed that uh, Steve Ballmer would have been the one you could blame for this. Because remember, Steve Ballmer was running Windows as we transitioned into the 2000s. He was big on saying phones have to have keyboards. This Apple phone got no keyboard people aren't going to want it they want blackberries and windows phones and things like that that's the way of the future yeah no that wasn't the case we saw that wasn't the case he was routinely seen mocking the iphone and he was quite wrong is what it comes down to in the <laughs> end. and microsoft just kind of missed the boat when it came to mobile they tried to move forward with windows mobile and windows phone it just didn't work in december 2008 they scrapped windows mobile moved towards windows phone and we saw what happened there It became a punchline for many of our geeky jokes about smartphones and things like that. And we are now at a point in time where Microsoft, they don't support their own phone OS. No, no, no. They build apps and they build launchers for iPhone and Android. There's supposedly a really good Windows-esque or at least a Microsoft-owned launcher you can put on Android phones that works really well. I haven't tried it myself because I like the stock Pixel launcher, but Microsoft, they kind of missed the boat here. And Bill Gates is right. It was a big mistake. Had they caught on they would have beat google in this race and arguably google and android phones would not be in existence today probably
2: i won't blame them too much for the hardware because at that point in time there was even android phones with keyboards there were blackberries and everything so i'm not gonna fault them for the hardware, where I'm really going to nail them here is on the software side, because what they were trying to do, Windows CE, Windows Mobile, whatever, they were trying to create the Windows experience as we know it on the PC, on the phone. And as you can tell years later, that didn't work. What people needed was a touchscreen app sort of environment that works way differently than the windows environment did and that's why android won over windows phone and that is why apple has done so well over the years it's an intuitive mobile experience that could be done on a much smaller screen
0: i i agree and i'll take it on a step further that they actually also at one point tried to correct their mistake but instead of being at all innovative They tried to just do what Apple was doing, which people were like, well, then why don't I just do Apple? It was like they couldn't realize there was a middle, which is what Android did. Like, you know, for so many years, it was very clear. You go with Apple. If you want straightforward, simple, it works well. You go Android. If you want to tinker, you're willing to put up with a few bugs, but still have a touchscreen experience. And Microsoft just couldn't figure out that there was that middle part, part that Android was doing. They just were insane. And I, I agree, SP. They they made very questionable decisions. Their issue
3: was they clung to the Windows mobile platform for too long and then tried to bastardize it into something similar to iOS and Android versus moving on to a new platform that would do it properly. Because I had a Windows mobile phone at one point in time. It was like a Moto Q, I think it was. It was a BlackBerry ripoff, but it was pretty good. And then the iPhone came out and Actually, before the iPhone, it was the Palm Pre that really had me the most interested. And I was like, oh, this is the future. This is neat. This is things where you don't need to use a keyboard. You can just touch the screen and it makes life easy. This is how things are going to shift. And Microsoft was just slow to the party. Similar to what we saw with BlackBerry as well. They didn't evolve. And where's BlackBerry now?
0: You know, it's actually funny because like they they. Really, it was unfortunate what ended up happening with them because when I first got my Android tablet, um, my Nexus 7, I actually, for a long time, was running it with a um, oh, what was the name of their launcher thing that they had? That was the name of it for a while. They their theme, anyways, the, the Windows mobile theme, whatever the name of that was, you know, how uh, Metro it was, it was Metro, right? I think it was Metro. I put a launcher on there because I thought that it was just superior from a day to day navigation perspective than either Android or Apple because of the fact that there was a lot more customization with the size of the icons and things like that. Like they had a really good concept, but they just didn't execute the overall experience. Well, I th- I still think actually that that sort of era of Microsoft uh, launchers really probably are superior to the other sort of platforms that we went down just because it was a little bit uh, easier to get to some of your main icons that you were always going to. And like, I think there was appeal for an older demographic or people who were more visually impaired that they could have one thing bigger than another, but nobody really went down that way. And so I think they did really miss the boat here. And uh, I'm glad to see Bill made a mistake and he admits he made a mistake for shame, Bill for shame.
2: As one of the richest men in the world, I think he can admit anything he wants at this point in time.
3: And Nothing's one of the most happen. philanthropic as well.
2: The only
0: other mistake that I will say that was bigger than this for Microsoft, which I heard he's also very close to admitting, was not funding this podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure that mm. he, he still regrets that decision.
3: That would have been a Satya Nadella
0: decision, I think. I
3: don't <laughs> think Bill
2: Gates was the CEO when we came around.
0: No, 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 no. It, it's still somehow involved. You know, he's pulling strings.
2: I think he really wanted to sponsor this podcast because of all the Apple bashing you two do.
0: I don't bash Apple. I just think that they're a terrible company. Uh- <laughs> so send all your hate mail point. to JS at com. By the way, hi, Josh Liston. Hi, Josh Liston. Moving on to the next news point here. Uh, you said that you had an update about Boeing or is it more like going? Ha <laughs> ha!
2: What I really wanted to talk about was Wink and how they are being so apologetic to all of their customer base. And they said that we've wronged you. You know, they took a cue from Bill Gates. it said, we've wronged you. We want to go ahead and we want to move ahead. And we want to integrate more devices, more Wink-branded devices into our ecostructure. And they want to continue to not have any outages so they want to be 100 percent reliable for the rest of the year that's what i wanted to talk about today
0: by the way for for those of you not familiar right now um this is not his news point he's trying to take a shot because wink the platform that was good for a long time was terrible which is why he's taking two shots in this but sp has misplaced his opportunity to take a shot he could have gone to the extra extra and gone also wink sucks and then gone into his rant there. He could have he, he could have done that, but he missed it. Instead, he's preempting his own actual news point here, which I'm okay with because quite honestly, Wink sucks. And this is coming from somebody who owns wow. several Wink products. Me. Wink is gone. Wink has gone the same place as the things that go into my office chair that I talked about earlier.
2: Wow. I was just trying to throw a sarcastic news point out there, but I see I've hit a nerve. Okay. Why don't you put me on the solar screen again? You can delete all that out. No, we're going to leave all of that in. That's staying in. <laughs> staying in. Oh, okay. Okay. It's okay. You're talking about Boeing going. So <laughs> Boeing announced it is moving its space headquarters to Florida. This is important for a variety of reasons, which we'll get into. This I found in an article by Jeff Faust on SpaceNews.com, which was published June 19th, 2019. Quote, Boeing announced June 19th it will move the headquarters of its space division from the Washington, D.C. area to Florida. Dennis Mullenberg, who is the chief executive and president of Boeing, announced the headquarters move from Arlington, Virginia, to Titusville, Florida, in a speech at the John F. Kennedy Library in Boston that kicked off a day-long space summit at the library commemorating the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. The shift involves the Space and Launch Division of Boeing's Defense, Space, and Security Business Unit, currently headquartered near the Pentagon. Boeing spokesman Dan Beck told Space News the move will involve only a small number of people led by current Space and Launch Senior Vice President Jim Chilton, his executive team, and support staff. No changes are planned to the company's space operations in other locations. The move is scheduled to be completed by the end of the year. That's 2019. In his speech and later question and answer session at the library, Mullenberg cited as a reason for the move, the progress the company was making on several programs, including the CST-100 Starliner commercial crew vehicle, space launch system, and the Phantom Express experimental space plane being developed for DARPA that may launch from the Kennedy Space Center. Okay, guys, that's the end of the news Here's what's important. CST-100 Starliner, they're moving their executive team closer to the actual development. This is on the heels of the SpaceX capsule explosion. They're one-to-one competitors, and SpaceX's capsule exploded. We went through that a few months ago. This is Boeing's chance to get ahead of the game, and they are going all in. They're moving their executive team down to the area so they can be right there as the Starliner goes through. It's testing and evaluation process as it leads up to its initial launch. That's important. Also, similarly important is the Space Launch System, which is the government uh, uh, contracted large space launch vehicle. As you know, uh, Falcon has or SpaceX has had some issues with its launch system. And Boeing has had its troubles with the space launch system, including some in Congress calling for its cancellation. So they want to go all in and prove that they can get that thing going. And then the other thing that honestly I don't know anything about, but I thought just was interesting that it was mentioned here was the Phantom Express, which is an experimental space plane being developed for DARPA that may launch from the Kennedy Space Center. So three big programs that are being run from Boeing. And they're mostly circled around the Kennedy Space Center area. And Boeing went ahead and said, you know what? We need our management there to ensure that these important projects go forward successfully. I think that is all great for Boeing.
0: So what you're saying, Stargate Pioneer, is that you're going to be moving. Is is that what I heard?
2: Well, truth in lending. This time last year, I was exploring moving, but you know that's not going to happen. No, I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not in Boeing's uh, executive service, so no.
0: I thought though that Boeing was a cover for secret NASA. That's Boeing that is. That's, oh, that's Boeing. That's right, Boeing.
3: Boeing. <laughs> well said, Chris. Well said. Secret Boeing.
0: Uh, okay. So Stargate Pioneer for me. Me, the person that likes to look at all sorts of wonderful space things, how does this affect me personally?
2: Well, I think it would affect you personally if you wanted to take a commercial space trip on a vehicle that is actually successful. We've noted the safety considerations that SpaceX has had, including the explosion of their space capsule. (laughs) Big boob. Okay. Oops, there. And uh, yeah, I think Boeing's got a little bit more of credibility when it comes to space safety. So I think that's going to be important for you long-term for that. If you're interested in colonizing Mars, I think Elon Musk is going to push that more than Boeing is. I think Boeing is just in the process of making the airplanes for space travel. They they like the 737, 777s. They, they like to build the aircraft to get you there. Elon is building the aircraft to get there and actually do something. So I think it's two separate things, but if you don't have that airplane to get there, that spacecraft to get there, you're not going to get there and do anything. So that's needed as well. And maybe this will push SpaceX to get a little bit more robust in its safety considerations.
0: Makes sense, too, with Boeing's confidence being at an all-time high right now.
2: Well, OK. Hmm. can we resist? <laughs> They they need a success with their space realm. Yes, uh, their aircraft, their 737 Max, has been, had a lot of issues. So that's uh, safety issues there. But this is the space. Um, they, I, it's the same company, but it's different sub companies. So mm-hmm. there's mean, different it's, divisions it's that handle different
0: things. Oh, so it would be kind of like General Motors having a GM branded truck. As well as having a Chevrolet branded truck, is that correct?
2: Kind of, and this was would assume that they would be made by different uh, factories. Okay, different locations. Okay, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to double check because you know, there's like GMC Sierra four by fours as well as Chevrolet Silverados and. All sorts of other trucks. I'm going to get you that truck one day,
3: SB.
2: It's my mission.
3: Yeah, one day we're going to plug enough trucks. Someone's going to give us a truck just to
2: shut the hell (laughs) (laughs) up. It's going to be a new truck, too. I'm not taking an old beater. Oh, choosing
3: beggars here. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to be put in that position. You tried (laughs) making a 20-year-old truck run. No, thank oh, you. Saying what if it's like a year old truck you wouldn't take it? Okay. You know, we don't usually
0: go off the rails as much as we have tonight, but I I got to say, I was I was in a drive through getting my coffee. Uh, um I don't know Tim when Hortons. it was. It was not Tim Hortons. I don't care for Tim Hortons coffee. I mean, <gasps> unless they want to sponsor us, then I love Tim Hortons. They're going to revoke your citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we already went off the rails earlier with Stargate Sarge Pioneer, uh here's the thing. Uh I was behind like I don't know, it was like a a classic like I don't know, probably a 70s truck. And I'm like, those, that looks extremely uncomfortable. And, and yet I wanted one because, like, the old standard, like, farm type truck where it's just like a, a bench seat and your back is right against the glass, like, it looks absolutely terrible and inconvenient. But they just don't make a truck like that anymore. You're not going to see any, like, a, trucks now that are being made around in 40 years. They'll all be in pieces. I just had appreciation for that truck.
2: I think you're wrong about the trucks being around that long because I think they will be, but I don't know. Uh, well, could you be, have could to say like, that
0: if you want the sponsorship.
2: It, it could be like modern day dishwashers or washing machines or refrigerators. They're just not built to last as long as they used to be. And then when they do get old and need repair, then you can't get the parts. So that could be a differentiating factor. Fair enough.
0: Well, moving on to our extra, extra new section here. Wink sucks. Yes, uh, Wink sucks. Well, we'll go ahead and finish that story from earlier since SP (laughs) started it. Why not? Uh, For those of you who do use Wink products, uh, I do think that we should mention this sort of stuff when it does come up. So I'm actually glad SP mentioned this earlier, is that there is yet another Wink outage. Now, the reason why this one is worthy of mention is because of the fact that, again, this just came up two months ago, Wink did not apparently, according to Reddit.com, renew their SSL, Security certificate on their website a couple months ago. We had this happen It caused a bunch of outages and whatnot. And so they had to go and renew it well allegedly when they ended up doing that the renewal Information only showed for a couple month renewal. Apparently there was a way that you could go ahead and do that And it said it was valid from April 2019 to June 2019. So it was only a few month renewal. I think I said two months but uh, anyways the Thing is that now this happened again, and so it caused some outages, and they have apparently renewed it now, and it looks like it's extended for about 300 odd days. But the really weird thing about all of this here is that they made the same mistake two months in a row, and over the last two months, there have been a lot of shifts within the company. Their customer service dropped significantly with their support hours. They apparently fired a whole bunch of people and went a different route for the support. And they now all of a sudden have started to bring up uh, the fact that they had no products available for purchase and they are making one product available for purchase. So there's been a lot of shifts over the last couple of months, which is really odd that this was only renewed for two months initially.
2: You missed a point there. Yep. They berated their customers.
0: That's true. They also berated their customers on Reddit. They went and they um kind of came to step in on, on Reddit and say some official things. And then when they didn't like what they said, they ended up berating customers. And one of the things that they said was that Wink has never, ever, ever claimed to be supported outside of the U.S., which is entirely non-factual because I reside in Canada. And they actually specifically on their retailer's website listed Home Depot Canada, where I bought my products from as an official retailer as well. They officially sold it from Amazon.ca because Amazon.ca doesn't sell stuff that they're, you know, this was sold and shipped by Amazon. They don't sell stuff officially. Amazon doesn't sell stuff they're not allowed to officially sell. It's different to be a reseller, but Amazon.ca actually sold it. So that was entirely not true, to which they ended up admitting later after berating a couple of people that they were entirely incorrect. So I wanted to finish SP's point earlier because it is relevant to things that we've talked about before on here. If you have been thinking about getting into smart home for a while, uh, I believe the three of us could recommend Wink may not be your best choice right now. Do we all agree on that? I would agree if I was
3: if I was just getting in, I would not be going the Wink
0: route right now. Okay, cool. So we all agree on something for once in our lives. All three of us would say that. And I do like to highlight it because, again, Chris and I were very, very strong Wink advocates for a very long time and had many years of success with Wink. And so I think it's our duty to follow up about that.
2: We also, all three of us, own Wink products currently. That's true. I do, I do still own the Wink 2 Hub. I just haven't used it.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, which is a smart choice of yours. <laughs> also in the extra, extra section here, uh, guess what? Let's just continue Chicken on bite. talking smart stuff. There you go. Uh, SmartThings is expanding their line of SmartThings products. SmartThings just announced that they have a SmartThings cam, which is Wi-Fi-operated. They have, which is the $89 US, they also have released a $17.99 SmartThings Wi Fi smart plug, as well as a $9.99 SmartThings smart bulb. You might be saying, I thought they already had a SmartThings plug. Well, this is a Wi Fi plug. So it looks like SmartThings is looking to diversify perhaps the portfolio a little bit because two out of three of these products do not require the SmartThings hub. The Wi Fi plug. Runs off of Wi Fi rather than the traditional Zigbee, Z Wave, and other technologies that the SmartThings Hub has operated off of. And the cam itself also is on Wi Fi. That makes total sense because I don't know that Z Wave or Zigbee or any of the existing technologies could support video. I don't think it's got the bandwidth through there. So it makes complete sense. But the $9.99 SmartThings Cheapo Smart Bulb, which I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing is just a simple on off type thing and nothing fancy does require a Smart Hub. It looks like SmartThings is continuing to grow. I am not saying this is like a product placement or anything like that. Yes, a few of us here own SmartThings Hub. There's lots of different options out there, but I will say this, that from my perspective, I think that uh, SmartThings is definitely showing the right movement right now. And if I was looking to get in, that would probably be the way that I would be looking at this moment, there are lots of other options available out there, but uh, some of them are a lot more technical, and if you're not a if you're not a someone who likes to dabble things, smart things might be the easier way.
3: One thing to consider, and I think we've touched on it before, is the home automation market has matured enough that you don't necessarily have to have a hub anymore. Mm-hmm. You look at what Amazon and Google are doing. They all have these things that say works with Google Assistant or works with Amazon stuff like that, where they just interface over Wi-Fi. You don't need a smart hub to go and control a bunch of light bulbs anymore. There's a lot of them now they are just Wi-Fi controlled. So if you're if you're put off by these worries of, like, oh, God, I don't want to buy a hub because then I don't know if it's going to be supported two or three years from now, don't buy a hub. Buy stuff that works with Google Assistant that doesn't require a hub or with Amazon or whatever your choice is. You could buy HomeKit stuff. I don't imagine Apple's going to drop it. They've kind of stubbornly stuck with it. So you don't have to get a hub. I th- I it think makes
0: life that, easier in some regards. It does. Absolutely. And I think there's definitely benefits to not having that hub. The only thing is consider who you're buying from because any Wi-Fi products will require a server to go to because they're they're an internet device. So if you buy from cheapo uh, out-of-country company that all of a sudden goes away and that server disappears, you don't know that that Wi-Fi device is going to go and uh, be able to connect to the internet and able to get Uh, turning on and things like that. And in order for the Amazon voice services or the Google voice services to be able to connect to it, if you use a platform like Zigbee or Z-Wave, where you are connecting to a hub in a standard fashion on a standard protocol, the odds are there will continue to be other companies that make these hubs that operate with that protocol. And that's actually an example where you and me are kind of going through that, where we did connect a bunch of things to Wink and now that we're needing, wanting to migrate off, we do have other options. But the thing is, they're generally more expensive. So when you look at things that are cheaper, like you're looking at a $17.99 smart, uh, Wi-Fi smart plug for smart things, I think it's probably about 10 bucks more for their non-Wi-Fi version. I think it's a little bit more expensive. Um, you end up saving some money. So if you have one thing go go away... And you haven't invested all into one platform and, and one or two things go away, you got some money to play with to replace it. So there, there's a total trade-off. And like you said, Chris, from a simplicity perspective, the Wi-Fi is simpler than having a hub. So there's definitely trade-offs of both. I agree with you.
2: I tried various different versions of, of different companies' products, and you know, I'm left with this online experience or this app experience that's very divested. And I just need to consolidate it at this point. So I might be changing out some of my stuff to put it on the smart things or take the stuff off of my hub, my thermostat hub, and put it on the smart things. Because it's just a pain to go through four different apps to make stuff go on and off around here. So I need to go ahead and do that. And also, Steven, did I catch you right? Did I understand you right? You said a country was going out of business. I don't remember saying that, but sure. I, don't, I, don't. I, think, I think you did. You said oh, a country going out of that's
0: business. That's true. There's probably a good chance that a country will go out of business, and I'm not going to say what
2: country it is, but there, there's a good chance of it. Oh, there's yeah. some insider stock trading information for you. <laughs> go pick that up at JS at GetAGeek.com.
0: And <laughs> lastly, in our extra extra thing, uh, similar to wink sucking. Did I say that, by the way? Uh, it looks like Sony's marketing department also sucks. This is courtesy of none other than Mr. Jackson himself. Samuel L. Jackson just posted on Instagram. And he said the following. Uh, what in the actual fudge is going on here? And hint, he didn't actually say fudge. He said a very different word and he said, hashtag heads, gun, roll and hashtag left eye, mother, farter. And again, he didn't actually say farter. Uh, So here's the thing. Apparently, Sony, who has they're releasing a new feature film in the Spider-Man universe called what is it called? Uh, Spider-Man into the wild or something like that. Far From Home? Oh, that's right. Far From Home. Far From Home, that's right. Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out, and it looks like Mr. Jackson is going to be in it. And there are some advertising campaigns that have him involved on the Spider-Man Farm, or Far From Home. It's a farm, right? Spider-Man Far From Farm, Farm? Spider-Man Farm? Farm
2: pharmaceuticals. I don't like I the don't name know.
0: Far From Home. I think it's a terrible name. That's why I'm making these comments. I hate the name. Uh, so anyway, Spider-Man Far From Home will have Samuel Jackson in it, and on these marketing campaigns, there is a picture of Nick Fury on it. Well, here's the problem. Nick Fury apparently in one of them has an eye patch over his right eye, and for those of you who have known the Nick Fury character since Iron Man 1, Will know that it is his left eye that has said eye patch. So they've clearly done a bit of a flip with the image here at the graphics design.
2: Okay, th- three things here, right? So, first of all, we do know that Nick Fury has access to advanced technology eyeballs that he could put in his socket. Right. And so he could have done that. And then over his other eye, he could have put some sort of hub or HUD. <laughs> on the the eye patch. So he could have a bionic eye and then a HUD over the other eye. So, I mean, this is possible that he... But the scars were on the right now,
3: too.
0: Totally plausible. And, And it's really, really good that they didn't dedicate money or time from a very valuable movie to explain how he got the eye patch, which specifically in the backstory talks about a scratch across his eye it's a really good thing that that didn't happen in Captain Marvel to which the scratch is also there on the poster. So what you're saying is that in the process of like fixing the eye, they're like, you know, what we should do. We should transfer that scratch. Is that what you're saying?
2: I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that <laughs> that's a possibility. So that's one. Number two, he could actually literally be peed off here. He, he could just be really, really angry at Sony or three. He's acting angry and calling it out to cut off everybody else who'd been nitpicking and trolling. Oh, sorry, you did it wrong. Yeah. So by him calling it out, then he is leading the charge against it, and then he can say, okay, cut it out. It's going to be fixed in post or something like that.
3: Well, it's just an advertisement. So people who are getting butt hurt over this should just get a life. I mean, seriously, it's an You've advertisement. That someone screwed up on.
2: You've gotten butt hurt over less, Chris. Have I? I don't think so. I think you have, yeah. We can go to the tape and find something, I'm sure.
3: (laughs) Okay. This is dumb, people that are actually mad about this. I think it's entertaining that Samuel L. Jackson's poking a little fun about it, just having fun on the press junket.
0: What I have to say, though, I agree with the commenter that said, pour one out for the graphics designer who was fired. Because, uh, <laughs> no joke. yeah, obviously what happened here was that someone went, you know what? This is more aesthetically pleasing to have the text on the right side of Nick Fury. So let's go ahead and flip the image. That's all that happened here.
3: Yeah, that's all it is. If someone didn't <laughs> think about it, well, flip, flip, And most of the time you can get away with it. But if someone's got an eye patch, it's
0: really hard to flip an image and get away with it. So anywho, if you are irate about this, send your hate mail to JS at gunnageek.com. True. But that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Uh, we should be mostly headed back to having a segment starting next week again. So we should have a segment on most weeks. If you are interested in hearing us talk about something specific, you think you got a topic that we should talk about in the future, get in touch with us through any of the ways except JS at GetAgeek.com. You can go ahead and tweet us at geek. You can find us at Facebook.com slash or hit up Twitter at the Chris Farrell on Twitter because Chris Farrell is the one that actually makes us pay attention
2: to social media.
0: It's it's usually, by the way, with revealing images of himself. That's usually what it is.
2: That's happened once or twice, and it's shocking, but it does get me to look.
0: Before we go, Chris Farrell, SP, do you have anything that you'd like to plug or promote? Chris Farrell?
3: We get a whole bunch of live stuff over at gunnageek.com. You can watch it over on geeks.live. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page. You can see the calendar of upcoming live events. So please drop on by, watch some more
0: live shows. Awesome. SP, is there anything or any new podcast on the network that you would like to plug or promote?
2: In fact, there is. You know, there's this new... I I was just on the GunnaGeek.com website, the GunnaGeekNetwork.com website, and I noticed another little icon there, an avatar of a show called The Crash Couch and underneath it says an expanse podcast or actually a expanse podcast maybe they should change that to an i don't know but it's about the sci-fi now amazon prime series called the expanse it's like the best show on the small screen ever if you guys like sci-fi you haven't checked this out go check out the show and then go listen to their podcast started episode 32 they talk about all about their history and all about wanting to be on the Geek Network. It is an awesome show. Go ahead and check it out. And they will tell you in episode thirty-two if you have not seen The Expanse, go watch The Expanse, then listen to this podcast.
0: I just have to say, by the way, that I, I like to keep myself uh, aware of all of the geeky things going on. And when these people applied, I had to I had to Google The Expanse because I'd never heard anybody before on the network talk about it at all. So. You know, it was really nice to be enlightened about the TV show, The Expanse, uh, and sort of the whole franchise, because nobody ever on the network ever, ever has mentioned it before. So, yeah.
2: It was my bad for not being (laughs) vocal enough to get you to pay attention to it.
0: Oh, you knew about The Expanse before this?
2: Just slightly. Both Michelle and I, by the way, have been watching it since episode one.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot Michelle mentioned. Oh, yes, Michelle. Michelle has mentioned it before. So, on that note, for episode number 292 of the official GonnaGeek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, Michelle, thank you for telling us all about The Expanse. You're the only one that's ever done it. Definitely not SP. I'm
2: SP saying, I might not be
3: here next week. I'm Chris Farrell saying, for the love of God, someone please give us a truck so we can stop with this gimmick. Please.
0: Bye. Wink sucks.
1: Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week.